Hello, everybody, and welcome back uh, to Two Bros Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm uh, Joe, I think. <laughs> Are you sure? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon you'll be gummy. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave that for another time. Oh, yeah. No, it's coming to you soon. Or you're the lack of teeth, really. But um, So this week we're going to talk. Uh, we have a little story. We're going to do a story time, huh? Um, yeah, we needed to do a story time. We haven't done one in a while. Yeah, so this is, uh, well, let's get on with it, right? Yeah. Uh, my demise. This is uh, about me, my near-death experience. So here we go. Story time. Cue creepy music. The Joe can't hear right now. through the all right we're having little technical difficulty if you're wondering why joe's got two sets of headphones on for some reason my audio ain't picking up on his end um but i'm recording it all through my computer so uh <laughs> we'll have yeah we'll have top-notch audio yeah yeah don't look like it now the listening experience will be different it'll be better hopefully the well, show he's watching live anyway so it's not like yeah, no, we edit shit, so we put the b- better audio over the recording. Um, yeah. So anyways, this week, yeah, I said, is my demise. This happened, um, well, I had a couple near-death experiences, and uh, the first big one was uh, falling through a glass shower when I was 18. I was there. Yeah, Joe's, <laughs> he went to bed and then he heard a big crash. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, I put together a little video clip, and then... Uh, my old band Stagnant, I wrote, recorded a song called My Demise. Um, we were interviewed on The Bone, 107.7 The Bone, out here in the Bay Area. And we talked about it, and they it's played it on the radio. Rock yeah, it's classic rock and, and um, you know, just crusty stuff that we complain about. But at the you know, time... The guys that play uh, Scorpions, but not the new Scorpions. No, they play the same four songs of, <laughs> of all the old Iron bands. Maiden. But not yeah. the new Iron Maiden. Yeah. No, it's the same run to the hills and, and yeah, whatever. I don't remember which other one they play, but um, yeah. So we went in on Tuesday nights. They would have a show called Local Licks, and this was in the mid-2000s. And so we were one of the bands they'd play on there. We'd get played once or twice a month, and we went in and did a band interview on there. So I'll go ahead and cue that now.
We just played it, and uh, so the pictures in there is pictures of the house that we lived in, and the porch <laughs> where I went out to bleed. You should play a story time theme over that house. <laughs> All the blood. Well, when I went through the kitchen, and, and, I told you to make a diagram for the. I didn't think about that. Maybe you should do that because you're really good at drawing. Yeah, this <laughs> old crayon looks like a four-year-old. It looked like a serial killer drew it. So, uh, okay, basically, 1992, I graduated from high school, and uh, going back that far, that was when it happened. It was after a graduation party. Was it? Yeah. Oh my God! Really? Are you being real <laughs> right now? I thought it was later. I'm like, okay. No, it was the day after I graduated from high school. Yeah, dude, you, whoa, man, you are getting old. Your brain is shot. Yeah, so I graduated high school, and, you know, the night, that night we partied, partied with some friends, nothing big. The next night, there was a big old kegger up the street of all us graduates, and we were partying, getting out of control. My buddy Todd, who we've talked about on multiple t- occasions on this show, was getting a little too crazy that night at that dude's house. So they're like, dude, Adam, you got to get taught out. Here. He's fucking up my house. I'm going to get in trouble. So we go back to my house. And uh, for some reason, usually you're drinking on Friday nights, but you, you were in bed. Yeah, I, w- I was. I usually I, either I was out or I was just sitting at home drinking. And for some reason, I think I might have had to work that next. I don't forget. But for some reason, I went to bed. Yeah, it might have been that I was up. The night before the pre-party. Oh, we used to do the the pre-party. That's probably what it was because we partied at the house the night before because it was graduation night. And then, and then I would still go to work no matter how. Yeah, you were probably just shot. (laughs) Yeah, it was probably that Friday I came home and I was just fucking out of it. I said, "Fuck it, I need a night of rest." Yeah, so we're at that party and now it's like one, two in the morning. Um. Definitely after midnight. And so we head back to my house and then we get in the front door and Todd just hits the floor. He's just, ah, we're home. Boom. And he just falls on the floor. He's out. And back at that time, nobody had cell phones. If you did, it was like it had a big old 
battery pack. And, you yeah, know, the things were huge with a suitcase to carry. So nobody, if you couldn't find your friends or go to the normal spots where you guys hung out, you couldn't find anybody. So my girlfriend at the time was looking for me. She finally came by and I was there. So at that point, I'd already woke Joe up. Like, Come on, man. I'm just going to sit here. Let's drink. Let's party. So you started drinking with me. We started drinking and then, uh, I don't remember talking back up for a while, but um, yeah, Christine showed up and and then we for things went on and then we ended up going. Christine, that was I couldn't fucking think of her name. Yeah, and uh, earlier I was thinking about the story and I'm thinking Lori. No, Lori was the other one. That was my last one. Um, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I told you I'm turning into Dan. Yeah, like, dude, your fucking brain's getting shot. Uh, and I, I drank with you. I thought I just stayed in bed. No, because we got you up. And then I remember you being irritated because then then she, we start kind of making out and stuff. And then you're like, well, what the fuck, dude? I got up and now I'm drinking. And now you guys are ditching me going in the bed. That's like, what? And it's like, well, sorry. <laughs> so anyways, I think you went back to bed. And yeah, I went back to bed because I, the, well, unless I remembered that wrong. I remember I was laying down and I was trying to like fall asleep again. Yeah. And that's when I heard the big crash. And, and this is late. This has got to be like four in the morning, five in the morning. So it's a, or super early, however you want to look at it. So we go in, into the shower and we decide, Hey, let's have sex in the shower. And I'm fucking drunk as fuck. Um, and back then, you know, we still had plate glass showers. It wasn't that stuff that breaks in a million pieces and keeps you from getting cut open and dying. Yeah, so one thing leads to another. Glass breaks. I fall through it. Um, and there's like this big old wedge of glass that at the time, this thing, boom, the, I fall through and I'm boom. I'm sitting on my butt, like on the edge of the thing. And I know I'm sliced. I'm like, oh, fuck. I just, it crossed my mind. Okay, this is going to be bad. And she starts screaming. Ah! I'm like, shut up, shut up. I'm trying to like, I look at her. I'm like, you all right? She's like, fuck you. And I go lift my wrist and go, oh, shit. This is bad. This is bad. And, you know, I'm just, I think because I was just drunk that I didn't panic. I'm like, okay, I got to go bleed on the porch. Call 911. So I think my stepdad had some fucking sweats in the bathroom there. And I just put on the sweat so I wasn't butt naked out on the porch. And the way it is, is our ba- that bathroom had two doors, one to the master bedroom and then another one to the washroom. And you could take the washroom. Yeah, the laundry room. So you could take that all the way through the dining room, through the kitchen, out the front door where there was no carpet. So I figured I'd stay off the carpet as there's blood everywhere. It, it looked like uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one when they're dragging that body. And uh, Yeah, it looked like a mob hit. Yeah, blood was everywhere. So I get out on the porch and I'm leaning against the wall in that picture in that little video that that we just played. That's the porch I'm leaning on right by the mailbox there to the to well if you're looking at it it's the right of the door. Um I lean up against that wall and my girlfriend at the time had been taking EMT classes and training cuz she wanted to be uh, a highway patrol officer after she graduated. So she had been taking all kinds of emergency medicine stuff and learning how to react to scenes. She grabs a towel. She followed me out there, butt naked, 
grabs a towel and just starts squeezing my wrists. Um, I I have no idea. Like I'm just out there waiting. I and I see I see you get up. You're like, what the fuck happened? And I'm like, dude, just fell through the shower. Called nine one one. Joe called nine one one. I just and I think I kept repeating that. <laughs> so you're like, I know, I did, I did. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, so she's squeezing my wrist, and I'm sitting out there, standing again. Actually, I'm standing out there against the wall, and everything just goes black. Like it just it just all closes in. Next thing I know, I remember I remember you slid. You were leaning back. Yeah. The wall, and then you just slid down. Yeah, and that must have happened when everything went black, because everything just went just zeroed out, and then all of a sudden, like it it opened back up, and I came back. And I think that, and she was squeezing really tight on my wrist. So the fire trucks get there and then the ambulance comes after they, they get, start wrapping me right away. Um, you know, they start treating my wounds and once they start doing that, she's still standing there. And then I remember you yelling at her like, Hey, get the fuck in the house. You're like butt naked. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm still, kind of, I'm still drunk and I'm like, oh fuck. Well, they're here now and I'm good. They're wrapping me. This is all going to be fine now. It's fine. And so, and I, you know what? I make it sound like I'm being calm, but I was drunk as fuck. So I just, well, no. And, and, and our parents, we should add that our parents work, uh, our stepdad and our mom, they work graveyard. Yeah. Bella. Yeah. So, so that's why nobody was there. So that's why a lot of times we were just partying at the house overnight. Yeah, they were gone. Yeah, because at ten thirty, they'd leave to go to work at like ten to ten thirty, and from that point to seven thirty in the morning, no parents. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was already eighteen. You were what twenty four, twenty six? No, yeah, you were twenty four. Yeah. So, um, and, and you know, pretty much we we'd been taking care of ourselves and responsible for ourselves for a long time. So, um. Well, yeah, my, our parents were at work, and then, um, what was it? Yeah, you, you start yelling, or get in the house, get in the house. And I start joking with the ambulance guys, and they're like, what, what the hell happened here, man? There's blood everywhere. We pull up. <laughs> there's a naked girl on the porch, and... Uh, and a guy passed out, because Todd at first was still passed out. No, no, he was gone by that point, because I think you went back to bed, and then he took off. He oh, went back he to that party. Off. That's right. He I went. Mean, he came back. Well, they were yeah, there. They loaded. They were loading me on the gurney, getting me ready for the ambulance. He comes pulling up around the corner, pulls onto our like the curb in our grass, and he's like, "Dude, what the fuck happened?" I'm like, "I fell through the shower, <laughs> man. They're gonna go sew me up." Dude, don't take the ambulance. I I was in an ambulance. They're gonna charge you an arm and leg for that ambulance ride. I'll drive you. I'm like, dude, yeah. you're drunk as fuck. You ain't driving me. And he's like, dude, I'll drive you. Don't take the ambulance. I'll save you the money. I'm like, I, I think they got it. I think they got it. So yeah. they, then the ambulance ta you takes me to the hospital. It's like a couple miles away from our house is the main hospital. And luckily, that's a trauma unit there. So they'll helicopter people into that, that hospital. And uh, yeah, as soon as we pull up and they open the doors of the ambulance, there's Todd right there. I told you I'd beat the ambulance, man. I told you. <laughs> I would have got you here faster. So, yeah, then it goes on. They sew me up and everything. And, um, yeah, it, everything worked out. But I, weeks later, when we had uh, finally had like repair people come in to put in a new shower, they barely even touched that glass, the big old V section. It was like 
would have been hanging down, like, because I'm sitting on my butt, kind of like in this chair, and that thing would have been pointed, like, right here into my, like, right below my rib cage, into my gut. It would have, if it would have came down on me, it would have just guillotined me right in half. Uh, it really well, would have been horrible. And then, and then when you left, because I remember you had said, call, call mom and Jim, call mom and Jim. Yeah. And I went back in the house, and it was a fucking mess, because there's blood all over so I remember I called them, but at the same time, I started trying to clean up everything. Yeah. You know, because if I would have left it just like it was, it mom would have been like. Oh, it, she would have. She was freaking out already. But yeah. imagine being a parent and you come home to see that. You're like, oh, my God, one of my kids was just slaughtered. And yeah. I remember thinking, look, how the fuck did I get to be the responsible one? <laughs> Because <laughs> I was cleaning up all this shit. Yeah, you probably say, I know that, yeah, but you made her clean the bathroom. <laughs> so you're like, hey, that's your guys' fucking fault. You clean the bathroom, I'll get all the hallways in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did the, yeah. And then, but then there was a bunch of glass too. I remember I told her to be careful with the glass, you know. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> Put shoes on, get dressed again before you do that. <laughs> Well, though, it's good that you did that because, I mean, well, blood, it, it, it starts to dry up and then it gets hard and sticky. And yeah. yeah, so it's better to get to it right away. Plus, we had two dogs. So it's like you couldn't just leave that there. Yeah, they'd be licking they'd it. They'd be like, what the fuck? And they're all licking it. Get the fuck even licking blood. Uh, so, yeah, you were left for the cleanup. <laughs> you and yeah, Christine. That was a cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> for the mob hit. Yeah. <laughs> Joey Gums. <laughs> yeah. Coming soon, the story of Joey Gums. Are you going to live through it with him? <laughs> so, yeah, then, yeah, when they went to fix that that shower, that piece of glass just fell and shh, broke. Yeah. It's like, whoa, that was barely even hanging on there. I could have just knocked the glass getting up or rattled it and it would have got me. And at the time, you know, I'm 18, you just, you, you just, you don't think much about it and you just think you're invincible. So I'm like, see, yeah, no, nah, it was no big deal. Eh. But years later, you think about it now and it's like, uh, yeah, she saved my life. Cause I probably, when I tunneled out, that would probably have been the end. I probably would have bled out on the porch and because she knew to do that with the towel and squeeze my wrist. Uh, and that's that's where, like, in the video there, I show the wrist now, how they, they've cleaned up. But I have some marks on my lower back, on the sides of my legs, my my by my hips, because that's, I guess, where it came down on the other glass and sliced through there. But no major organs. I was lucky. Nothing major was punctured. Well, your ass cheek got it, didn't it? Yeah. No, just above my butt cheek. There was, like, a little puncture there and, a, and some cuts on little cuts on my back. Uh, luckily nothing through my spine or anything like that and uh but after they stitched me up this hand this is the one in the picture that you see the stitches the in that picture this yeah, hand well, i'm gonna i'll post that on instagram after we post the episode yeah and then once again like we played it here so you'll you, you can go back and watch the beginning videos and then you go to instagram but yeah this hand healed like this because then once everything heals it shrinks up and tightens and scars up and then this one was healed like this because they had to sew all in here, the stitches and staples. And then that one healed like this. So I was like walking around like this for a while. I could like days. I couldn't use my fingers. I couldn't grab anything. I couldn't feed myself. Uh, so couldn't wipe his ass. I couldn't wipe my ass. That was a big one. It was like, uh, so I come out of the hospital and like talking to mom about it. And I'm like, what am I going to do? 
I can't, I better not eat anything. She's like, well, you got to eat. And I'm all, uh-uh. Cause then I'm going to have to poop. I'm going to have to take a shit. What am I going to do? I can't, I can't use my hands. And she's like, Oh, I'll wipe you. I wiped your butt when you were a baby. I wipe your butt. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> and I was like, luckily like Christine stayed there. She took care of me. Like, okay, she could bathe me. She could feed me. And she did. She was feeding me and stuff. And, uh, and I didn't like it though. It was like, okay, I'm like a fucking, yeah, you're fucking, you got claws, spoonfuls of fucking, as I'm sitting there, eh, uh, give me a spoonful of soup. Okay. But I really didn't want to eat much, man, because I was fearing the first time I had to poop. Luckily, too, the Vicodins, they gave me, you know, painkillers. That stuff backs you up. So I had a good three or four days where I was backed up. And then, uh, but then it started to kind of make me nauseous because I wasn't really eating food. Yeah. So I kind of got sick and then it's like, oh, fuck. So I'm going to have to start eating food. Yeah, that first one was like, oh, this is going to suck. And then I just, you know, you just go, okay, well, yeah, she did it when I was a baby. So <laughs> like, my ass now. now I'm a big baby. <laughs> now just a big baby. <laughs> hey, mommy, come wipe me now. Nah. <laughs> Well, as she always said, you'll always be her baby. Yeah, well, that's 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 how it goes when you're a parent, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was a crazy experience. And as you're going through it, you just live through it. You don't think much about it, but you know, years later, you reflect on it. And uh, so I I wrote that song, "Mind of Mine." Just you know, I'm looking for song topics, and you know life experiences and that's a big one i mean i almost died literally almost died i went slapped you in the ass yeah um, yeah i went cut it up too. give a little chop suey <laughs> to my butt cheeks <laughs> well upper butt cheek but yeah it was um you know so i wrote that song and we played it and it got played on the radio and uh it's just a little history like little shit that you know did with stagnant and that's why i kind of tied in pictures with like the old band uh, you know, I don't really have, we didn't, we didn't have cameras back then. We didn't, I mean, they had them, but it was those old camcorders with VHS and shit. So we didn't, and, and you, if you wanted to take pictures, you had to be walking around with a camera, you know, with yeah. film and go get it developed. So we didn't really take pictures that much. Luckily I had the picture of my wrist, but I should have now looking back. It's like, I should have took pictures of my back, uh, you know, everything, all the wounds. It was just crazy. Um, well, yeah, you think about it nowadays, and it would have been no big deal. But back then, yeah, they didn't have cameras. Yeah. Or you're thinking, oh, fucking, I got to go get another roll of film or all that shit. Yeah, and get it developed. And, and you know, <laughs> as incapacitated as I was, I was like, I'm not going to be taking pictures or let me document this. You know, back then, nobody yeah. did that. So you don't think about doing it. You just think, oh, one day it'll be just a story you tell, like now. <laughs> So, uh, it, yeah, and it's just a fun story I tell every once in a while. And and people, I, some people probably don't even believe me. They probably think, dude, this dude tried to fucking hack his wrist. <laughs> and he just wanted to kill himself. <laughs> don't depress me, all right? You don't know what'll happen. Um, yeah, you know, I lived. I, for whatever purpose, who knows, you know. I got lucky, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's a, it was a crazy story. So it's funny too, like perspective when you watch movies. I know this is kind of a little side thing, but when you see people die and then they close their eyes, it's like, no, now I know why when you see them die and their eyes, it must have been like that. I'm sliding down the wall because everything 
I, it just went to like this dark black circle and closed. It was so yeah, I'm sure my eyes were open and I just wasn't moving. Um, yeah. Tunnel. Yeah. Tunneled out basically. And boom. Yeah. so that's two. Also those, some of the lyrics vision tunnels out to black, all of that stuff. And anybody wants to, you want to check that music out. Just look for stagnant on Spotify, iTunes. It's all there. So I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to that. Uh, no, pretty much that was that was it. I could say one of my cruising stories. Oh yeah, there did this happen on the boulevard? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're realizing too. Well, one now I'm really realizing how bad your memories. Well, you were you, you yeah, were realizing. I realized, but I'm noticing why because you're now you're you're thinking what this happened in '92. It was like, yeah, it was right after graduation, the day after. Um, yeah, Joe. Yeah, back then, we didn't even have our band then. No, I, I. That was all right. Before. I was all learning. I was barely starting to play bass. Like, I'd been yeah. playing for maybe a few months. Yeah. I didn't even know how to play. <laughs> and, and it didn't look like I was going to be playing. I don't know at all, ever. Because at that point, my hands, like, I could not move my fingers. I had to go to therapy for months. To, to relax the joints, to get everything to loosen back up and be able to get wrist function. Um, so after I healed and everything, then I practiced really hard and learned. But um, yeah, but <laughs> we got sidetracked again. Uh, we were going to tell Joe's story where he's talking about the boulevard stories of his buddy Jeff Seal. <laughs> I'm listening to old episodes to, you know, figure out what we're doing good and what sucks and trying to get better. And I'm like, Hey, we're doing a turn it up, and Joe tells the same exact story. <laughs> Just plugs in a different band each week. So tonight for turn it up, we're gonna do Rush, and he's gonna talk about the Boulevard. <laughs> no, no, do the math, do the math. And and where was it? Craigans? Was it Craigans? Were you guys? <laughs> no, that one was across the street at Pizza Hut. Oh, ooh, ooh, there's there's a change this one. <laughs> That's where that whole inside is. Uh... Joe of the Boulevard story. But uh yeah, that's uh my demise. Uh, I hope it was entertaining and interesting. And yeah, uh, well the song I love the song. So, wow, thank you. That was something good that came out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's heavy and it was it was a fun song to write. And I just wanted to write something heavy and me and my buddy, my old guitar player at the time, we didn't have a drummer and he could play drums too. So he got on the drums and we just wrote that song just like a Saturday screwing off and and it, it came out good. Yeah, I like it too. And I'm glad they played it on the radio because that one I wouldn't think would be radio friendly. That was the heaviest song on there. Well, it wasn't New Scorpions or New Iron Maiden. No. Yeah. They're, they're allowed to play it. And when you hear the term Big Four, that means radio, they'll only play four songs. <laughs> four Metallica songs, four Led Zeppelin songs, four ACDC songs. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna hear Hell's Bells again. Hey, turn it up. Let's hear that. Uh, and they added Thunderstruck now. So. Ooh, oh, more modern era. Got up into ninety. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, you want to get on uh, to news? Yeah, want to do some news? Yeah, let's do it. Let's see. Where the hell is my cut? Hey, music news. Music. All right, so you want to go first, Joe? What do you got? 
Uh, yeah, I got one tied into the news we did last time. Yeah. Uh, Ginger Basis, um, he's separated from his family, I guess, because a lot of the a lot of the, the males in Ukraine, they they sent their families like to Poland. Yeah. <laughs> their wife and kids and women and children, parents and shit. Yeah. And elderly. And then they stayed to help fight or, you know, whatever, help aid the country. So he's been separated there for a little over a month now. And then, uh, and, and so they, they, he talks about that in an article that I, I came across. And then on the side note is the, the band ginger, they did a t-shirt campaign and they raised over $140,000 for the Ukrainian aid. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, I was going to cover that one too. So, um, yeah, if you can look it up and, uh, buy a shirt and help, help them out, you know? Yeah. It's got to be scary not knowing if he's going to see his kids again. And I, I've been thinking about that and wondering. Uh, I saw that during the week in the news. And it's like, dude, are, I was thinking about those guys. It's like, are they now? They went from touring the world and now they have to hold guns and shoot people? Like, w- what are they going through over there, man? You know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it, yeah. One minute they're on top of the world playing music and now fighting for their home. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so if you can, help out, buy a shirt, and give any way you can. So, And then the, the other one that we, well, the main one probably of the week, it was after, because I did, I was doing the research yesterday, Friday, we're recording Saturday, and uh, uh, Friday night, late night, I came across it on Instagram that uh, Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters died. Yeah, I just saw that this morning right as I started looking up for news. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, dead at 50. And I'm sure everybody knows by now it's all over the place. Another drummer bites the dust. Well, and reading more on that stuff, I guess. And I don't even remember hearing about this at the time. But obviously it was in the news. In 2001, he OD'd in, and was in a coma for two weeks. So... It has happened before, you know. Hopefully, it wasn't it was, that. It was Nikki Six in the room when he did that? No, well, Nikki Six, somebody else was shooting him up there. <laughs> he was in the dumpster. He was He was on the premises, but he wasn't. Hi, this uh, is Nikki. I'm dead. Don't call me. I just visited my buddy in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I was going to talk about that one too because that one's huge, man. I mean, yeah, and then I, so today I kept looking, uh, reading articles and stuff, trying to find out, well, what's the cause of death? Nobody says anything, and that's what I came up with. I said it must have been uh, uh, an overdose again because it, the band was down in, in South America touring. Well, this is kind of fucked up. I was reading comments on one of the one of the many things about Taylor Hawkins, and one guy's like, "Oh, let's put it together." I was like, "Let's do the inside joke." Our dad would say, "One time he said, let's do the math.'" And we're talking about age, but I digress. Anyway, so the guy goes, "Look, he was in Colombia. He's a rock star." <laughs> I don't know. Let's connect the dots. That's what he said. I'm like, "Oh, good point." Um, but you never know, man. At 50, even skinny, healthy guys, you can drop dead of a heart attack. You know, yeah. blood pressure. They call it the silent killer because. Once but, you get in your forties, man, as a male, you can have a heart attack or stroked out or something or stroke like out even worse. Cause yeah. I have a friend that's that stroked out me off. It's like, they try to hide it. And it's like, just, if you know what it is, say it that way. There's not all this. Speculation. Yeah. But I, you know what, when it comes to death like that, they won't ever just say, this is immediately what it is. They have to do an autopsy and, 
and say, hey, did he have an aneurysm? Did he have a heart attack? Did he stroke out? Did he OD? They have to do toxicology and all that shit. So, I mean, you know, maybe if he was dead on the ground with powder in a bag of Coke. I mean, it was like, <laughs> he was found nose dead. His face was in a bag of Coke. Um, You know. There was a spoon lying next to him. Yeah, this is Columbia, so I'm sure somebody would have leaked that shit. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that dude was fucking doing Coke. Um, yeah. I think they just don't say nothing because, you, you know, nowadays you get that with news all the time where they jump the gun and then and then they, they're saying fake shit because they don't really know. Um, You're probably right. I just to me, it just seems like there's more speculation when you don't say. Yeah. Yeah. But they got to see what drugs he died from. If it was that, you know, he could have had a blood clot. Look, we'll look at um, what's his face. Um, uh, Faulkner, Richie Faulkner. Yeah. And he had a heart attack, you know, not too long ago. And that dude's 40. So. Yeah. And he was on stage. Yeah. You don't know, man. You get these blood clots and shit. It could kill you. And uh, I had a friend who had his dad died. I think he was like 45. Just had an aneurysm in his head. And that thing fucking popped. And he just dropped dead. And uh, yeah, there was no saving it. The aneurysms are crazy. You know, it could be anything. So they won't, they will never say exactly what it is until they do the autopsy. And I'm sure they're not doing the autopsy in Colombia. They're going to be like, no, ship his body to America and we'll get Dr. G or somebody. Get a real, you know, doctor to check him out. Hey, did you notice Getty Lee staring at you? I don't know. He's kind of weirding me out. <laughs> he's looking right at Neil me. Neil Peart's kind of peering at me from the top of your head. Yeah, like he's smiling. So he's, he's got his tickling stash. He's got his fucking mustachio gun and shit. <laughs> Look at that fucking stash. Our fat asses in the world. <laughs> uh, Alex is stoned as fuck. Look at his eyes. <laughs> Look at that. He's got that half smile. Like he, where are we at again? What are we doing again? Okay, okay. No, come on, stop it. Uh, we gotta shoot. Take I'll the shot. Take the shot. <laughs> Getty Lee, that's fucking creepy. <laughs> you can have nightmares about that motherfucker. Uh. Uh, so anyway. so, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Taylor Hawkins, and uh, yeah, he's a good drummer. Yeah, there, there's yeah. all kinds of tributes on it uh, on him, like all a bunch of musicians. Even Phil had posted something on Instagram today. Yeah, I guess he jammed with him once or something. No, oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had like a good personality, man. He was always like happy go lucky, upbeat. You know. It sucks for his wife and his kids because now they don't have a dad and a husband. So, yeah, and it didn't say how how young his kids were. Like if they're little, that's like real bad, you know. Cause I think they're well, definitely younger than eighteen. Because uh, I mean, at any age is bad, but you know, when they're yeah. little, it's like they lose their dad like that. Yeah, well, it, yeah, that's sad. So, well, yeah, now you took away two of my news. <laughs> I was gonna do that. <laughs> well, no, cause we 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 can't talked about it before. Yeah, and it's such a big big surprise. It, it, yeah, we have to talk about that. Yeah. So that was gonna be the first one I opened with because it was like, oh shit, I guess that's what we're talking about. That's yeah, that's what I we were, I was planning to. And then when you said well, you got anything, and then I just looked at my notes and I went to that ginger store. Yeah. So um, I got uh, a. <laughs> This is the ongoing fight between Glenn Tipton and uh, KK Downing. <laughs> I see that one, but I was like, we talked about this already. Yeah, this one I'll just keep brief. I mean, 
you know, we've, like you said, we've talked about this. This is ongoing. The, the days of our lives, days of our priests. so um basically now glenn tipton says hey when he quit he let wrote us a letter saying i'm pretty much done with this i need a new lifestyle change i'm done with music and he quit so they had no no uh they didn't think he was going to come back to music They, they thought he was done so uh glenn said that look when we decided to keep going and then I, and then I like had to bow out cause I'm starting to have health problems. We didn't, and he didn't tell anybody he wanted to come back. He didn't mention it to any of us. So it's like, basically what are we supposed to be fucking mind readers? It is no, he wants to come back. Um, so yeah, it sounds like it's just a bunch of misunderstanding and it's just lack of communication. And there it uh, is communication that fucks up everything. Yeah, so remember how like we were saying it's like a marriage having a band. Yeah, yeah, and what fucks up a marriage a lot of times is communication. Yeah, you're not talking to each other and saying stuff, and like he he wrote them a letter quitting, saying that he he wanted to change his lifestyle. He doesn't even know if he wants to play music ever again, and so it sounded like he was just you know going in a different direction. He wasn't going to play music. Why are you going to go ask the guy who's not playing music anymore to play music? Well. But then, but then the band he came up with was A.K. Downing's Priest. Yeah, because then he made this all this stuff up in his head. I don't know. And then yeah. they, he's like, well, they didn't hire me back. I didn't get my job back, so I'm going to make K.K. Downing's Priest. Well, why didn't you say something? Why did you ask to come back? You didn't ask him. You didn't beg or whatever. I Maybe not yeah. beg. That's douchey. But, you know, hey, you quit. That comes with it, you know? But... So, yeah, I just figured I'd mention that one because now you hear that side of the story and the drama continues. (laughs) The other one I had is uh, Korn's bus got shot at. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, they were uh, outside of an Iowa hotel. The bus was parked on the street and they found next day morning, they found a bullet hole and the shell or the not the shell, the um. The actual bullet was in the cab of the of the bus. So at first the headline made it look like, oh, they're shooting at corn. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when I read through it, I was like, oh, nobody got hurt. So yeah. That's why I didn't I didn't It sounds like some random violence on the street and a gunshot, you know, hit their bus. Hey, that's everyday life in the pow pow over here. Yeah, there you go. What so why don't you explain to people what the pow pow is? What the pow pow well we when I moved out here, uh, I got married. I moved out here. We we bought a house in the suburbs of Albuquerque, in a city next to it called Rio Rancho. So it's a little bit more high end. The school district's better and stuff. That's basically where I raised my son. And then so now, flash forward, I got divorced. I was living in an apartment, you know, when, I, when we first got split up. And so when I finally went to go buy a house. My son was out of school, so I was thinking, well, why am I living way up here farther from work? I'll just move closer to work, and I work in Albuquerque. So basically, that's what I did. So I found a, a, a townhome here in Albuquerque on the west side. But my son, growing up in Rio Rancho, he thinks everything below, because at, at the southern end of Rio Rancho, there's a mall called Cottonwood. A lot of the you know teenagers hang out and stuff. And so he thinks anything past Cottonwood down south is South Valley where the, you know, where the, all the, the murders are and stuff in Albuquerque. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, I tried to explain it. No, that's not it. So he, he came up with the term pow pow. 
Oh, you're moving to the pow pow because they're shooting at each other all the time, right? Yeah, they're pow, shooting. Pow, they're pow, shooting. Pow, pow. They're shooting. So, uh, <laughs> so that kind of just stuck as you know, an inside joke on the fa- with the family. So. Yeah. So whenever we run for it's pow pow, pow pow. It's like gut shots. <laughs> Joe's living in the pow pow life in the pow pow in the hood. Well, he just bought. He showed up last weekend with a. Uh, he bought an '89 uh, Ford uh, Crown Vic. <laughs> what the fuck for? He's become a dad. His grandpa. Because remember, dad had that Lincoln, that old '90s Lincoln, early. Yeah, 90s but Lincoln. when he bought it, it was, it was used, but it, it was still like a newer car because <laughs> it wasn't like a forty-year-old car. Remember, remember, it skips a generation. So he, I was like, "What the fuck would you get?" He's like, "Oh, it's cool, dad. It's cool. I'm gonna fix it up." So <laughs> I go, "That fits in perfect with a pow pow." You're, you know, I'll put those bullet hole decals on it. And it right <laughs> there you in. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you, you raise your kid up in like the suburb, I guess, out there. Yeah. So you're one of those uppity uppity Mexicans, huh? Too good to live in the Albuquerque. <laughs> I was a Spaniard for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then I got in touch with my other self. <laughs> Get came down with your brown self. I came back to reality and I got my, my pit bull dog. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's chicken shit. When you're in the pow pow, you move in, they give you a pit bull. Pit bull. <laughs> what's funny is we're, we're watching TV or something in the evening and somebody rings the doorbell. He goes and hides under the dining table. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck do I got you around for? You're supposed to protect the house and shit. Well, that's like, hide? that's like our uncle Nacho. He had this dog and they named him Brutus. He was like oh. part Rottweiler. But this fucking yeah. thing, man, standing at the top of his back was about three and a half feet off the ground. Like he yeah, was, he a, was like bigger than a St. Bernard. He was a big dog. If he jumped up, he could put his paws on my shoulder and I'm yeah. just under six feet. So well, he was a big dog. And, and, uh, I don't know if I told this story about mud. Did I tell that one? See, then I'm going to be telling stories that I've told and be like, <laughs> anyway, yeah. this, this dog heard gunshots one day and I'm like, come on, Mud, I got to go get Jennifer. I mean, not Mud, come on, uh, Brutus, <laughs> I got to go get Jennifer. And then, and then the dog looks at me and he's like, I, he doesn't even want to follow me. He's like, that's fucking Mud, I ain't going over there. I ain't going over there. Mud's crazy. Mud was this, hey, well, well, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, Mud was this Wait, guy that lived. Our grandparents lived out in the country, and then our uncle bought the corner lot corner. to that yeah. that property. And then behind our grandparents' property was the Romeros lived back there. Their house had since burned down. They were like a bunch of hoarders. They had a bunch of shit back there. And Mud never left. He lived in a trailer back there on the property. <laughs> he lived under the trailer. Really. Yeah. And this was what? This was what the, the playoffs, the Raider uh, New England game, right? 2001 and oh yeah this this is when your your wife jennifer was introduced yeah to mud and then <laughs> and then so we got back from the hospital because we we're down there wait wait this is bonus material this is bonus material bonus material and um and we're get got back from visiting our grandma because she's dying in the hospital at the time and you know you could walk it basically was like 100 yards from our grandparents house to our uncle's house and she's like, we want to get in, go to our uncle's house, watch the game. We're, we're going to watch the game. It's starting. She's like, I'll wait here for your aunts and your, and, and your mom to get back. I go, well, why? You just can sit in the car. Come, come over to the house. No, no, no I'm going to wait here. And I go, she's like, well, what's out here? There's nothing out here. And I go, well, there's mud. 
And she's like, oh, whatever, I'll be fine. And I'm like, okay. And then I hear the gunshots. We're watching the game here. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I knew that, that probably mud. And then a second later, phone starts ringing. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's a guy with a fucking come gun. Give me, come and give me. I'm like, I'll be, yeah, I'll be right there. That's mud. Remember when I said mud? That's mud. He's like a he's like a Mexican sling blade. Yeah, he's just like a hermit, <laughs> man. Yeah, and he's messed up like mental illness and, you know, did a lot of drugs. So, but the family's all, they know, their family knows us and we know their family. And so it's like, oh, fuck. So I go walk over there and, you know, dude's got a gun and I know he's mentally unstable. So it's like, this ain't good. So that's what I tried to get Brutus. Come on, Brutus. I figure I bring the big dog. <laughs> that big dog's like, hell no, I go with you, man. And that's fucking mud. Huh? That's mud, dude. Do you know you fucking, that's mud. But he was shooting at some birds. I think he was just trying to get dinner. <laughs> he was out there going to cook some birds up. Yeah, so I get there. And she's like, oh, what? And I go, what the fuck? I told you the dude's mud. And you didn't question his name. You know, it's just like, uh, what was that, that Primus song? My name is Mud. Yeah, picture that guy. That's who lives back there. Mud, except Mexican. It's that type of Mexican. <laughs> yeah, the bonus material. <laughs> so what you got? I had two quick ones. Uh, Metallica added was added to uh, Lollapalooza, the headline. Yeah. Over the summer here. Um, I jotted that one down. And then... Uh, this week it was 28 years ago. Far Beyond Driven came out, premiered. Oh damn, 28! Wow, we got two more. Like Eddie Trunk goes, I'll do the big ones, like 25, 30, or you know, 28. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they did a 28. Yeah, I just say, so every year they can have something to. That's like Rob Flynn. He's like, well, this this is our 27th of, from this album. <laughs> He could do another tour on that album. Yeah, it's just to, to, to get people excited. But what are you going to do? Bring back Diamond Vinny? Fuck no. Yeah. And it's just like Phil fucking taking control of the shit now. And I guess Rex, I mean, hey, he's, he's on board. But yeah, Phil was kind of the cause of all that shit. So. Yeah. But um, I saw right before we did, we started the show, I was doing some last minute looking and I saw. This is something I didn't know. Chuck Billy, I guess, tried out for Sepultura. Oh, did he? Yeah. So right after Max left, Chuck uh, went and tried out. And I guess he, he was too late is what he said because uh, Derek Green had already got the job. Um, and they pretty much had already hired him. So, um, yeah, Chuck, he found out about it. He kind of procrastinated. And then he said, basically, you know, what the fuck? I'll give it a shot. And uh, yeah, things would have been totally different. And even in, in his interview, he's like, well, you never know. It, it probably not, you know, bands have ups and downs. So it may not have even worked. It may have just went down and been a decline at that point. So, and obviously Testament went on to do more albums and Sepultura still has Derek Green with them. So, yeah. yeah so speaking of that, Sepultura is coming through Albuquerque next month. Ooh. I think it's next month. Oh, they're going to play them on the radio. Oh, no, that's no. right. They they announced it on the radio, but they won't ever <laughs> they play They will never play a Sepultura song. song. It cracks me up because that's where I heard it. Because back when they were doing the, we had the COVID, you know, pandemic. Yeah. That's when they were supposed to come through and then they had to reschedule everything. 
So I guess now they reschedule and they're coming through next month. And, and that's what I heard on the radio this week. But yeah, will they play a song? No, they won't play one either. <laughs> Hell no. I'm trying to they think if you... there's even a Sepultura song they could play. Yeah. Sepultura doesn't have any. There's, there's some that they could play. Oh, no, could they play? Yes. But it fits that shitty format. Fuck no. <laughs> Blast out with Roots. Roots. Bloody Roots. I love that song. <laughs> love that album. Cutthroat, cutthroat, cutthroat. So, uh, yeah, and that's, uh, I think that's all I had. I mean, it's all the same shit. Most of today was all Taylor. Taylor. Taylor, well, Taylor, I had Taylor. A, another one real quick was uh, Sacred Reich, uh, canceled some more shows. Their front man, Phil. Yeah. Uh, he's got that respiratory illness that he's, he's still dealing with. So. That's the band that Sigurite was uh, Dave McLean. Dave McLean's original yeah. drummer, yeah, and he went back yeah, to him. Yeah, he went back to him. So, they, yeah, yeah they're kind of... Uh, it's a bit, like you said, bands are definitely like a marriage. It's like he went back to his first wife Yeah, when he left Machine And actually, they're, they're, their tour that they're on is with Sepultura. Oh, are they? Yeah, but they had to cancel their shows. Well, aren't they... Um, I think they're all in Arizona now, aren't they? No, no, Max is in Arizona. Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, they said stuff. that they're out of Arizona, so they're whatever their management or something is. It's still out of Arizona. Okay, yeah, because there was a time I think even when Mustaine was living there, but uh, like everybody moved from L.A. to Arizona. Arizona. But now, like Mustaine, I know is in I think uh, Memphis or Nashville, somewhere in Tennessee. Um, they probably kicked him out of Arizona. Really? Get the fuck out! He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or is welcome. Hello, me. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> You're a dick. Motherfucker. <laughs> and the la the last story I had real quick, I thought this was funny. Um kind of like how you said you read the comments on that other story. Yeah. Um Anthrax is working on a new album. They were working on new material right now. And <laughs> One of the dudes put in the comics, yeah, I'll believe it when I see when I hear it. <laughs> I guess they've been saying for years now, well, we're coming out with a new album and they haven't done shit. Well, didn't they come out with an album for years? Anthrax, what, like 2015, 2016? Yeah, 2017, I think. Yeah. I don't it, know. It's been, it's like going on five years. That's yeah, like, I guess it's long. You know what, though? Close to a Metallica. Well, <laughs> you know Metallica what? Metallica goes eight years. Yeah, I was going to say, I cut him some slack because. We had the pandemic, and I keep thinking about things like, oh, you know, that was just last year, and it's like, oh, wait, that was like fucking two and a half, three years ago. Because yeah. that whole pandemic shit, it just really put life on pause. It yeah. fucked everything up. You fucked well, it you up! Figure if, if you're working on material, that's well, that's when you should yeah. do it. No, and a you're lot of... touring and shit. Uh, yeah, no, and that's why I was going to say, oh, no, that couldn't be an excuse, because a lot of bands, would like, they had released an album, then the pandemic happened, and then they're like, we're going to release another album. <laughs> we wrote a whole nother album. We had nothing to do. We just started writing, sending riffs and shit back and forth. Yeah. Everybody could sit in their own house and write their parts or just go into a studio and, you know, and yeah, you don't need, you don't need to be face to face anymore. And then, Oh, and then one thing I came across on YouTube, I think it was backstage that channel. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure it was. They, they came out with it. They confirmed the story. Daryl Hall and John Oates. Yeah. That 
that Eddie did ask Daryl to join the band. Oh, I saw that to see. <laughs> and Daryl confirmed it. Yep, he did ask me. We were drinking pretty heavy. Yeah, that was some drunken <laughs> shit. <laughs> Dude. Go from Daily Roth. I was like, come on, dude. They were all fucking around. Yeah. They were all drinking. Probably fucking around. No, you know what? That's probably like one of those fucking drunken ideas when you're drunk as fuck. You're like, yeah. Hey, we should fucking totally do it, dude. You should sing for us. Yeah, man. That'll work. Like when we dissed that one guitar player. (laughs) Which one? Call him like a month later in the middle of the night. Hey, let's call that fucking dude. Yeah, yeah let's, let's call him back. Yeah, that'll be, you know what? <laughs> fucking we jam on him once and then never talk to him again. It'd be a good idea to call him in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, that's drunken shit. Fucking. Hey, fucker, that one fucking crackhead. Fucking what was that one guy? Fucking we were fucking. Those two blood brothers were all drunk as fuck and cutting oh, our dude. hands. Yeah, fucking. What the fuck? Oh, maybe we should change some of the names. <laughs> yeah, he probably shouldn't use the names. <laughs> but, oh well, fuck it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, we did the Blood Brothers at one. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck are we thinking with some fucking rusty old knife? We're all drunk, fucking some fucking dude probably got fucking hat. We'd have been fucking oh shit, bumps are back. I got bumps. What the fuck? Got that that Pam hemp on it. Hey, what the fuck? Your hand's got a bunch of bumps on it. Is that okay? Yeah, don't worry about that. The good (laughs) thing is we were drinking so much liver (laughs) alcohol at that time. It's probably purified. And that's what I think we do. I think we fucking heated up the knife and then we fucking dump alcohol on it. Tequila, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's where my stupidest ideas come from. Tequila. That one doesn't sit well with me, man. (laughs) Bad hangovers. Indian blood comes out. Yeah, that's what all the fucking demons come out of my head. <laughs> Get us drunk. We're ready to fucking fight. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh. <laughs> uh, so that's all I got there. Yeah, I think that's good for the news. So, all right, ready for uh, turn it up? Yeah, here we go. It's now time for. So, like we said, Rush is the band Joe picked this week. So, uh, we're going to start with questions, right? Oh, yeah. Do the questions. I'll probably fuck these up. Nah, they're pretty simple because, I don't know, you can get in the weeds with Rush, but uh, I don't know. So I think they're fairly simple. Okay, so uh, who was the original founding member of uh, of Rush? Wasn't it uh, Jeff Jones? No, it's one of the three behind you. Oh, John. Oh, no. It was Getty, right? No. <laughs> I know it wasn't Neil because he came along after. No, it wasn't Neil. So well, who's uh, left? That's it. So it's the, who's left? Who's this left? This guy. The stone out of his brain. <laughs> Alex Leipzig. Alex. I thought that was going to be simple. So <laughs> I went through all the fucking members of this. He, him and Jeff out. Jones. Yeah, technically, yeah, but I was thinking of the oh, three see. there. I guess, yeah, you're probably right. So, okay, you get a partial. Uh, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no. So you get both of them. <laughs> They're all laughing. You get, he's like, fucking Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're Canadian, so fuck them. Yeah, they're beady little eyes. Especially Getty. He's creeping. Right he's a, he's all an 8-bit. 
Anybody watch South Park? Right, That's a South Park. Vaginas as we speak. <laughs> That's a South Park inside joke. They're eight bit. Uh, okay, so uh, what drummer initially inspired Neil Peart? So, uh, Buddy Rich. Nope, Keith Moon. But then he obviously went on to be way better than <laughs> Keith Moon. Well, he didn't do as many drugs as Keith. No, and you know, they did. They drank and partied, but. Uh, well, he did it. He did it, and I'll post the link on on our page. He did a tribute um, to Buddy Rich. Yeah, and he played with Buddy Rich. He does like a solo and stuff. It's like a five minute video, but it's he, he's awesome with his. He, he's like jazz, you know. Oh yeah, he goes from rock to jazz. Oh yeah, and, no, he was influenced by a lot of other people. I was, you know, when you start, you're like, this is who I idolize, and then you start finding other. Um, like Ginger Baker. Um, yeah. There was a bunch that they had mentioned. Uh, one of the, what is it, Carmen a piece or the, the older brother? Which was that Carmine? Or was that? Yeah, it was Carmine. Yeah. Because uh, his younger brother was Dio. Or a piece or apathy. Them two, man. How do you say that? I fucking, think it's a piece. But one of them says a piece, and I think the other one says apathy. Italian. Or, so I guess you could say it that. However, yeah, I mean, we're saying it the. the and I think like the, the, the American is just a piece. Yeah. Probably with an accent. So, yeah, he got into way better drummers and all that. But Keith Moon, well, because Keith Moon was a performer. That's what you got to give Keith Moon. So I can well, see when you're starting out, go like, wow, he gets you into it. I've read biographies on Keith Moon, and for all the drugs he took, he played pretty good drums for, you know, being stoned out of his mind the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he was, a, he was an unconventional drummer. Yeah. Because his style was like, you would... His style, you would think, how the fuck is he drumming, right? You know, like, yeah, time. Yeah, he'd keep time, and then, yeah, he was just crazy, and he was a performer. Like, you, you didn't really see that with a drummer behind the kit, you know? Usually that guy you don't see, or, um, but Keith Moon was something else. All right, so then, let's see. The last one is, uh, who's, who's the primary lyricist for Rush? Oh, that's uh, Neil Peart. Yeah. All right, so... He got one right. I got. Oh, he got a partial on the one. So okay, yeah. Um, I got a bonus question. All right. How many vaginas have dried up because of Gary Lee singing? (laughs) (laughs) About five thousand since we posted their picture behind me. So you got to let's do the math. Let's do the math. (laughs) I calculated to be like three point five billion. Uh, this is kind of an inside joke because, well, one, I don't think I've ever had a girlfriend that likes <laughs> fucking Rush. It's always like a guy thing. My wife can't stand a Getty Lee that comes on. She's like, nope, changes the song. <laughs> I, I don't mind them. I could give or take them, but yeah, just women. Do, I mean, there are women that like them. This is where you, I think you either love them or you just, that's it. You can't. I think, them. yeah, it's that shrieky voice. <laughs> I think a lot of chicks don't like. <laughs> and I think a lot of chicks think too, well, or people in general, they think that he's writing the lyrics because he's singing. Well, that's what most when people they, assume. When, yeah. But when they find out that the drummer is writing the lyrics, then that even drops them down even more. He dries up more of a time that way. <laughs> <laughs> he even shrivels up some cocks with that one. <laughs> It's like, Agger comes out. hey, what the hell? Oh, man, I'm trying to stay hard out here. Now I'm going soft. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like fucking thinking Vince Neil writes the lyrics. It's fucking Nikki Six. So, 
Yeah, yeah. you know he right lyrics. He ain't got time. He has to sing on stage. Other than that, he uses his mouth for He's shit. To fall shit off. He's got to fall off the stage. <laughs> he ain't got time to fucking write lyrics. What fucking fuck? Nicky's back there writing the lyrics and have people Nicky's shoot him in up. the dumpster writing lyrics on fucking <laughs> trash bags and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pumps are bad. That's our next hit right there. Bumps are bad. <laughs> bumps are bad. Remember promo code bumps are bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. Yeah. So dried veg, dried veg. That's our new promo code. Um, so what? Let's go with the Boulevard story. And rush. Uh, what, what do you actually, got for us? I don't so really have a Boulevard story for these guys. I mean, everybody knew about them. They were, uh, they were a power trio, which I like, you know, yeah. musically I like. Uh, and then, um, so for three guys, that much music, it was, you know, they have a big catalog Yeah, and, and they're real intricate in their music, you know, their style This is that prog rock basically. So it's not, you can't really say it's metal, but, but I like some of the shit that they do like, you know, musically. Yeah. And, uh, I like the songs. I liked it more when I heard, cause I'm a drummer when I heard that Neil Peart's writing the lyrics. Yeah, that's cool. Well, Neil Peart, especially because you're a drummer, I, yeah. I I have yet to meet a drummer that doesn't like his playing. I mean, the guy is sick, odd meter stuff, and his control. And he was like a good guy. Like he wasn't like a dick. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't like a rock star. Like, uh, you know, he was just like a normal guy. Just a normal down earth guy. Yeah. To be a rock star. Yeah. And then I, but now, fucking Family Guy fucked it up for me because every. <laughs> Every time I see that, I, I hear Tom Sawyer, I see the family guy, that clip with Chester Cheetah, yeah. where he's snorting cheese dust <laughs> on the table, and Tom Sawyer comes out, and he goes, fuck yeah, Neil Peart. <laughs> uh, so I always see that clip in my head now. So. <laughs> fuck yeah, Neil Peart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what the hell is going on with my fucking computer here? So yeah, they, uh, I, yeah, I got some some favorites from them. Wasn't the biggest Rush fan, but yeah, I got songs that I like. You know. Well, and when you get into them, like, uh, I mean, they they have their hits that were you know that you'll listen to that you hear on the radio, and then but like I got some of their uh, you know I end up getting some of their albums and listening to some of the lesser tracks. That's when you really develop, you know, like a like for them because you can, uh, you know, you relate more to them. Yeah. It, it opens it up more for them musically. Like, you know, oh, wow, they, they're into this shit or, oh, I didn't know they could play like that, you know. Yeah, well, a big one for them, too, is like 2012 album, you know, and I know a lot of people reference that. For me, I mean, because that was the 70s. That was, what, 76, I think. And... Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was two. I was still shitting myself, <laughs> you know. So I, I didn't get exposed mom to that till still wiping your ass. Mom was definitely still wiping my ass, and to be continued later. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's. Uh, in, I didn't find 2012 to well the 90s. You know, I didn't get to hear it till then. But yeah, the, and and it's one of those bands that you go back and you go to their their back catalog and you're like, wow, they they got some really good stuff. Above uh, Tom Sawyer and Working Man, yeah. the same four songs you hear on the radio. Yeah, the same four. That Subdivisions, Tom Sawyer, Working Man, and Fly By Night. That's it. That's 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 your four. That's it. 
play the same four. But um, yeah, and and Getty Lee, you know, seeing and, and their style kind of changed with the with the with the years. Yeah, that, like in the in the late '80s, they had more of that new wave kind of sound. They got electronical. They got the the yeah, the keyboards, right. and then even Neil. He started adopting, and and it wasn't in rock. It definitely wasn't popular to have uh, the electric drum kits. Yeah, and he he was one of the you know out there using it, incorporating it, incorporating it into their stage shows and their songs. Yeah, was, so they, yeah they they definitely evolved. They didn't just stay in their little box. Yeah, he used it on uh, what Grace Under Pressure in 1984. Yeah. He started using the Simmons electronic drums. So and then sector A and uh, you listen to that shit now. It's like, dude, those drums compared to like the drum kit you got. Yeah. It's like it, it must have been clunky as fuck to make that shit work, but <laughs> you know, because the technology is just not like it is now. Yeah. Um. Now the computers are fast as fuck, and the drums react. You can make your drums sound like anything. So yeah, and then they got into that synth era. I know some people hate them, but that, that you go through that. That's like with Van Halen. They got into the synth stuff and then like, and then of course, Sammy Hagar came on. So it was easy just to say, this is the change. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. You know, for some, I mean, you hate some people are like, well, you like and, it. in some ways it's good. Musically, it's good. Cause you're, it shows, you know, you're evolving, you're, you're gaining more, yeah. you know, musical ability and stuff. But, and then some bands, it it doesn't work, so you got to know too when it's okay. This isn't. We tried it; it's not working. And then it's kind of like Metallica. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, they put the makeup on for an album or two, and you know, it didn't work. So and then they had to find their way back, and then that's yeah. why we had to go through Stanger, and then they started to find their way back. So <laughs> yeah, stop following trends. Just do what the fuck you do. But uh, yeah, no, they're they're a decent band. I you know I like them, not my favorites, but I like them. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, look for that uh, Chester Cheetah clip on. Uh, yeah, motherfucker. That's fucking funny. Yeah, now that he's mentioned it, I, I I'm remembering it vaguely. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he's kind of. <laughs> Jesus, on the fucking <laughs> coffee table in the living room. They always do that shit with those old fucking cartoons or commercials, like the Kool Aid guy, where he's always busting the wall. He's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh no." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, yeah. So I think um, you have anything else for this week? I think we're done, huh? Yeah, I did. Other than uh, some quick notes. I sent you the drums last week for the Steve song that we we're working on. Yeah. So that'll be coming out pretty soon here. All right. Yeah. I got to bounce that for you. It, I got them roughed out and then see what you think. Um, yes. Yeah. We we're having alignment issues with the. With, with my software and his software. Yeah. Cause different. Joe has logic it and it has this feature where it auto tempos your song by your plane. And you know, as a human, when, you fluctuate sometimes. Yeah, when you input the the track, and it started it overriding shit. That's it. Yeah. So when I'd get it, it was like, "What the fuck? This ain't even the length of the song. It's all just it was just way out." So we figured yeah. that out. We're working through it. Um, 
Also, uh, want to tell them what you have coming up. So, because the next episode is in two weeks, but I don't think you're going to be able to do it. I honestly well, don't. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm you're, getting, I'm getting a full mouth implants for teeth. I'm getting new teeth. Get my smile back because I got a bunch of cracked teeth. So uh, we'll, we'll be cataloging that. Because oh. I was at the dentist this morning and they said it's going to take about roughly six months to get everything done, the whole process. So this next this next episode that we're going that that morning, I go and I get all the rest of my teeth that I have pulled out. And, and then they got to let it heal before they put the studs in there for the implants. So they said that takes about two months. So I'm going to be gumming it for a while. Yeah, so we're going to see you all gummy. <laughs> so that's my new nickname, Joey Gums. <laughs> Joey Gums. <laughs> so, yeah, this next one, I, I yeah, we'll see. It might be a delayed a week or it might be on time. Yeah, so I, I'm doing it the morning, and they, he said it's only going to take maybe an hour or two them out so i'm like this motherfucker better be good he sounds like he's good so yeah but he's removing teeth so but you're just gonna have open wounds in your mouth after yeah. that so i i you know i know you're thinking you'd be on the mic you're talking but i think you're gonna be the pains and be kicking in or if you give me drugs. some like it in, i'll be good you'll be drooling on yourself dead dead I'd be like Kramer in that Seinfeld episode. <laughs> so yeah, the next episode is going to be interesting because uh, Joe's. We're going to introduce a new character. <laughs> Joe comes. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Well, I was telling Adam about it earlier when we were talking about tonight, and uh, he's like, "Oh, we're we're, we're you, you're definitely using this. We got more material now." Yeah, this is all I was material. Like, well, what the fuck? It's part of life. This, you know. Yeah. Well, and you're. Not going to pull nothing over on people because they're going to see all of a sudden you went from because one day your teeth are going to be fucking pearly white and fucking all a ting. Perfect. Yeah, they're going to have that little that gleam. Or in the next couple shows, they're going to see you and your face is going to be all, you know, and you're all fucking no teeth and all cracked out and shit. Everybody's going to be like, fuck, I think he's got cancer or he, or he developed a crack habit. <laughs> fuck, remember Taylor Hawkins. Don't fucking do drugs. You fucking already lost your half your face. Stop it. That's what they're gonna... <laughs> yeah, you guys will know next episode. Yeah, we're gonna see Gummy here, and uh, yeah, but it's all about laughs. And hey, fuck it, might as well just we're going through it. It's life. Yeah, it's life. I'm in my mid fifties here, so damn, like shit that happens. Yeah, and and that'll be three days before my forty eighth well, birthday. It, well, I'll talk more about it when it happens for them. Yeah. All right, then. Hey, so you're going to be 48. That's right. That's uh, and actually that day is the ninth, which is Grandpa <laughs> Joe's birthday. Yeah. So it's actually perfect. So I will tell all that story. Yeah, there's a lot there that fits in. It's kind of ironic that that's the day you lose all your teeth. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then April 12th is my birthday. So yeah, yeah. I'm 48. Yeah, you're uh, you're going to be 54, 54 this year. Yeah. Damn. But all right, so see you guys next time. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> Let's hope that don't happen. <laughs> Two Bros Music Podcast. Check it out. Yeah. And uh, leave us a comment down below and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram. We'll post the pictures. Yeah. Of, of your wrists. Yeah. All that, all that stuff, show content, be there. And uh, have a good one. Bye. Have a good one. Later.